Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Bucks game is over. And now it's time for the longest running Pro Hoops post game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. The most important thing we trust one another. What happened? We trust one another, and uh, that's why we came up with uh, the win. The head coach. Um, you know, we're just gonna have to be more disciplined. He's gonna have to be more disciplined. And the fans. We have some talented players, no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, you're not gonna be able to compete at this level of the NBA with what we have going on. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops post game show. Presented by Palermo Screamin' Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Now, here's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Bucks get the W, 127-105, a revenge game. Knocking off the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Pfizer Forum today. Once again, 127-105, Bucks winners over the Cavs. 54 and 19 on the season, 29 and 6 at home. That's right, just six losses at the Pfizer Forum. The Cavs, well, they dropped to 19 and 54, 6 and 30 away from Cleveland, which is just ridiculously bad. Welcome into the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza and Craft Products. 414 799 1250. You could also tweet us at 1057FM, the fan. Ryan Horvath in today for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Nick Bodie, who's producing the show. And we got a lot going on today. March Madness, Duke, and a nail-biter right now, just a three-point lead over Central Florida. So we got that going on, and then the Bucks just wrap things up. 127-105 winners over the Cavs. Oh, brother. Nick, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, good. Good to be in with you on a Sunday, man. So I was actually a little bit worried about this Bucks game heading into today. Not that they were going to lose by any means. Once again, 127-105 winners. But you're coming off a victory on Friday night against the Heat. And you know it's going to be a revenge game because the Cavs snuck up and beat you um, you know, without Giannis in a game where you went eight deep only. You're not going to win too many games in the NBA when you're going eight deep. Yeah, especially when the eight is like Pat Connaughton and every reserve guard they have. I mean, Giannis, everybody was out that night. And, you know, a lot of people were making a big deal about it. And then there was people that were like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, we were beat up. It was the second night of a back-to-back. No Giannis. Let's get him rest and right. let's get ready for the playoffs. And the other thing, man, is that Cleveland, out of nowhere, see, they're kind of playing the spoiler role. They're brutal. They have 19 wins on the season, just six away from uh, from Cleveland. Ouch. But you look what they've done the last couple months, and they're kind of sneaking up on teams because everybody's in the same boat right now in the Eastern Conference. You got the Bucs. They're in first place. You know, Toronto's right there, two or three games back, depending what they do today. They're in action right now, taking on Charlotte. Philadelphia's been playing great lately. They finally get the win over Boston last week, and Boston's been the team that's kind of been 
the thorn, the thorn in their side, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, the team they just couldn't get past, and then they finally did that. But everybody's kind of in playoff mode right now, where you want to be playing good basketball heading into the playoffs, but you also want to be fully healthy. Because we saw it last year against Boston. I don't know that Giannis was 100%. I mean, I think he was healthy, but he was kind of run down a little bit. Heavy workload throughout the season. So this year, I like what they're doing here in the second half of the season. Getting them some load management days off, especially on back-to-backs. Now it's time maybe to get Middleton some rest. And so heading into this game, I wasn't worried about the Cavs. But I was worried just, let's stay fully healthy. Like, no more, you know, little bruises and getting dinged up here and there. I got a little worried in the third quarter because Tony Snell went down, and that looked bad at first. Yeah, that looked ugly, dude. Rolling your ankle like that, like, people would be really surprised. I did that in December. I was still having issues like a month and a half later walking on it, and a lot of those tendons are stabilizing ones. That's that's a four- to six-week recovery time if you, if you sprain that outside of your angle, that ATF. That's bad. Exactly. And so I know – so the thing I've been bringing up, okay, especially when you talk about Philadelphia, is everybody's like, well, while wow, their starting five is so damn good, but they have no bench, and I have no problem with that because in the playoffs you're going to shorten up your rotations whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But when I look at this Bucks team – and especially with Malcolm Brogdon on the shelf, you know, he's expected to hopefully be back, um, you know, for the second round of the playoffs. But anytime it has anything to do with a toe or a foot or plantar fasciitis, I just, I don't like that injury. I don't like it in big men. And I don't, you know, even though Brogdon's a, a two guard, I still don't like the injury. He's been kind of banged up. Um, you know, now we find out that Paul Gasol is going to be out for an extended period of time. Not that you're getting anything from Gasol. I don't even know that he's going to be <laughs> in the rotation come playoff time, but still, it's just another body. It's just nice to have him there come playoff time, and so, throw, throw it back to the Kobe days. And so Tony Snell, I've been really high on Tony Snell, especially the second half of the season, and I really like him, you know, even if he's going to give you 15, 16 minutes in the playoffs here and there in situations, just because he's a long, lengthy defender, you could throw him at guys. You could throw him at Kawhi Leonard if you match up with Toronto. You know, you could throw him against whoever against Boston. So I really like Snell, and he's been playing a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side. Once again tonight, you know, 4 of 6 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3. 12 points, had 10 in the first half. He was in double figures. Bucks had three guys in double figures in the first half. So I was a little bit worried, and that's what I'm worried about here the second half of the season. You know, I want to go into the playoffs with the momentum for the Bucks. I want the number one seed. More importantly, I want to be fully healthy. And when I'm saying fully healthy, I don't mean just everybody playing. I mean rested, well-rested heading into the playoffs. Because even in that first-round series, if you match up with Miami, I think you win that one in five. But it's going to be a physical series, the way that Miami plays. I definitely don't want to see Brooklyn. Don't want to see D'Angelo Russell in the playoffs. I really don't. I just think that would be a matchup nightmare. I think you get past him in five or six, but I want to sweep the first round and just move along. My question to you today, 414-799-1250. However, before the game, the big story today, Marcus Johnson gets his number eight jersey retired. Raised to the rafters of the Pfizer Forum. They had a special halftime ceremony today. Johnson played in 524 career games with the Bucks, 1977 to 1984. Ranks among the franchise's all-time leaders in nearly every statistical category while I'm looking, and he's the ninth player in Bucks history to have his number retired. He had a press conference earlier today. Our own Bart Winkler was there, so we'll hear back on that press conference as well. But I'm asking you, 414-799-1250, you could also tweet us, 105.7 FM, the fan. Who should be the next Buck to have their jersey hung in the rafters? Who should have their jersey retired it could be a current player obviously you know you're going to say Giannis anybody that you watched growing up I know a couple people had mentioned Ray Allen a lot of people don't want to see Ray Allen in the uh, Bucks Hall of Fame because you know when you think Ray Allen I, I I'm going and I'm going to think 
Supersonics when I think back on his career, and I'm going to think um, the Miami Heat, especially since he hit the game-winning shot to win them a title. Right, and then the majority of the career with Boston. like it, it, You picture him really everywhere but Milwaukee. It's yeah. kind, of, kind of the same thing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, I think of him more as Jesus Shuttlesworth and he got game than I remember his <laughs> tenure in Milwaukee. But a lot of people out there, they do. So give us a call, 414-799-1250. And I also have a second part question. Because if you don't want to talk jerseys, I completely understand. Like for me, Marcus Johnson, I go back and I watch highlights. Great player, but I was negative three when he retired from the league. So right. can't really go back and give you my favorite Marcus Johnson memory. So my second part question, it's March. It's madness. We haven't seen any upsets barely. We've seen a couple here and there, but it's been all chalk pretty much. I want to know 414-799-1250 as well. Let's say the Bucks, they got the best record in the NBA right now. 55 and 19. 30 and 6 at home. 55 wins. Let's say they win 60-61, best record in the NBA, number 1 overall seed in both the East and West. And they make a run to the finals. Would you consider that an upset? Would that be an upset if they do go to the finals? Because I know we're all high. I predicted high on the Bucks that is. We're not all high. I mean, maybe some of us are. But I've been preaching that the Bucks are going to the NBA Finals. Now I'm getting a little bit nervous just from watching that Philly-Boston game last week just because the difference is Philadelphia in that starting five where I think the Bucks win with their depth, and I think they play in a better system. They share the basketball. But what scares me is you got five guys that could get you buckets in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's that classic question of team versus talent. You know, Coach Bud brings in a system. He's got role guys producing in record numbers versus a team in Philly where you just say, let's let's put as many stars in the court as we can and just not really worry about talent will kind of take over. Yeah, you got a guy like Jimmy Butler who could take the ball in the fourth quarter and take over a game. Joel Embiid, and how do you really defend that guy? He is just dominant right now. In the, in, in the game against Boston, he had over 30 points and 20 boards. Mm-hmm. But I still think the Bucs are the favorite in the Eastern Conference. I want to know what you guys think, though. Are you picking Boston? Are you picking Philly? If the Bucs do make a run to the finals, would it be the biggest upset in NBA history, let's say, if they knock off the Warriors while they're there? Or do you look at them and you say, well, they're the best team. I'm picking the Warriors because it's, it's the Warriors. They don't have four or five all-stars on that team. They have four or five future Hall of Famers, depending what you think about Draymond Green. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. I think the all the national media right now, they're certainly in prove-it mode with this Milwaukee Bucks team. Like, yeah, the regular season, you know, that's great. We've seen the Toronto Raptors win the East how many times, or do well in the East yeah. and not do well. So it's we'll see how it goes. And that's the example that I keep using right there is why I get a little bit nervous. And wanna, I want to know if you think it would be an upset if the Bucks do make a run to the finals. Because when I think of these great Eastern Conference teams in the last decade, all you think about, you think LeBron James and Cleveland. He owned the East. You think of LeBron James in Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You knew they were going to the finals everywhere, every, every single season. When LeBron was in the East, he was the king of the East, okay? You think of all the teams that LeBron ended, and that's where I get a little bit nervous. You think of the Chicago Bulls, that 2010-2011 team. Derrick Rose was the MVP. Tom Thibodeau was in his second year as the head coach, and it was kind of similar to this Bucks system where he had a superstar that could take games over. Didn't really have a jump shot, Derrick Rose. And then he had a bunch of guys that you surrounded him with. Luol Deng, Joe Kim Noah. Uh, Bodie, you just brought up the Toronto team that you had to demolish because it was Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And LeBron ended them. Mm-hmm. LeBron ended the Pistons' run. I'm sorry, not the Pistons. LeBron ended the Pacers' run where he had Paul George, Roy Hibbert, George Hill was on that squad. LeBron ended them. Those teams had to blow up. Uh, the Budenholzer squad in Atlanta. They sent five to the All-Star game, including Kyle Korver's first All-Star game. Ever. He was 32 years old. LeBron ended them. 
So that's what I want to know. Like, do you see a little bit of similarities with this Bucks team and those teams? And you think Boston's the team to beat? Toronto's the team to beat? Now Philly with all the superstars? That's what I want to know. And then also, who should be the next Milwaukee Buck to uh, get their jersey hung in the Raptors? Let's dive into the box score. Once again, Bucks 127-105 winners. There is a game to talk about. Let's do that now, Bodie. How did tonight's game add up? Let's go inside the box score. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and commercial audio video. Simply done right. ABCAudioVideo.com. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops Post Game Show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Bucks pick up the W today, 127-105 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Time to dive dive now uh, inside the box score. And I can't go inside the box score without giving you guys my key stat of this game and how you beat a team like Cleveland. 46 points off the bench today for your Milwaukee Bucks. 127-105 winners. Let's go inside the box score. Giannis, 32 minutes today, 11-16 from the floor, 4-6 from the charity stripe, 10 boards, 7 assists, 4 blocks, 26 points, 23, plus 23 on the floor today for Giannis. 26 points, 7 assists, 10 boards, just misses out on a triple-double. Chris Middleton plays 33 minutes, 7 of 15 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, 2 of 4 from the charity stripe, 5 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, 17 points tonight for Chris Middleton. Uh, Brooke Lopez scores 14, goes 4 of 7 from the three-point line, 5 of 9 from the charity stripe, 6 boards, 14 points for Lopez. Eric Bledsoe plays 28 minutes, 3 of 7 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free-throw line, 7 assists, no turnovers. That's the ratio I am looking for for Eric Bledsoe. I don't care if you're playing the Cavs. Seven assists, no turnovers, takes care of the ball, plus six, 12 points, seven assists, two steals, five boards for Bledsoe, and a quiet night. Plays just 28 minutes. Tony Snell, who I mentioned, he plays 18 minutes, four of six from the floor, two of four from three, two of two from the charity stripe, 12 points. Went down with what looked like a scary injury, walked it off. Hopefully he's all right. I like Tony Snell. DJ Wilson plays 16 minutes off the bench, one of four from the floor, one of three from three-point land, one rebound, one assist, three points for DJ. Bonzi Colson gets some run. Two minutes of action and knocks down a jumper at the end of that game. The human cigar, Colson, three points. Notre Dame alum, so you know I got to give him some love. <laughs> Ilyasova plays 20 minutes, not a whole lot on the offensive end, gives you two points and a block. George Hill, revenge game against his former team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. In fact, he was jawing with a couple guys on the bench there a little bit. I don't know if it was playful or maybe he just does not like Tristan Thompson. They were kind of talking some crap a little bit there. Hill plays 21 minutes, though. What a night for him. What a day. 7-8 from the floor. 1-2 from three. 17 points for George Hill, who, in my opinion, love Nico, love Tony Snell. The most important player off that bench come playoff time is going to be George Hill. Love the combo guard with the playoff experience. Could guard a one, could guard a two, could do the ball handling when you have Bledsoe on the bench and could run the offense. Uh, other than that, Sterling Brown plays 17 minutes, five of eight from the floor, finishes with 12 points. And uh, Tim Frazier gets two minutes, and he has an assist in that one. Bucks shoot 55% from the floor, 48 of, 50, uh, 48 of 87. They shoot 36% from three-point land, 15 of 41. And then 76%, they make their free throws today, 16-21 at the charity stripe. 
You look at what Cleveland did. We could kind of dive in there real quick. They shot 42% from the floor, 26% from three-point land, 70% from the charity stripe. Kevin Love, 20 points, 19 rebounds, 14 on the defensive end, 5 offensive. And then you get 18 from uh, Colin Sexton, who had a career day against the Bucks when they played earlier this week. But Sexton, they kind of hold them in check tonight. 6 of 15 from the floor, 5 boards, 18 points. And then Tristan Thompson off the bench, 10 points, 6 rebounds. That's a bad Cavs team. That is a bad Cavs team. Do you guys think, Bodie, I'll get your opinion on this and we'll hit a break real quick. Let's say this Cavs team is bad, right? They are 19 and 56, 19 and 55. They have six wins away from their arena this year. You put LeBron James on this team, are they the favorite to go to the finals in the East, although as bad as they are? Or is LeBron just, I'm not going to say he's washed up. I mean, look at his statistics this year. He had a great year still, but. LA is a mess. Do you think if you put LeBron on this team that they're the favorite? Do you still like the Bucs over him? No, I mean, not this current team. I, I don't think there would be any way you'd be able to ignore what the Bucs and the Sixers have done. And, I mean, especially you can't forget all about Boston. They've given they've given LeBron some troubles in past times in his career, so I don't think you'd be able to say that, even with LeBron. 414-799-1250. Let us know. Bucks make it to the finals this year. Is that an upset? We don't see too many in the NBA. Like, we're watching college hoops. UCF trails Duke by four points. They beat this Duke team. This Duke team has been the biggest favorite to win the NCAA tournament, I believe, since 2012-2013 when Kentucky was the favorite. Mm-hmm. That'd be a big upset. We don't ever see upsets in the NBA. Like, we were talking about this the other day. You know, you had the Mavs team. You had that um, Mutombo team that went that uh, that upset the Supersonics. But you don't really see a lot of upsets. I guess it was an upset when the Detroit Pistons beat that Lakers team where he had all those guys that were just trying to get their way uh, by rings. You had Carl Malone on that team, Gary Payton, then obviously Shaq and Kobe. You don't really see a lot of upsets, though. You know, every year you're like, okay, it's going to be LeBron versus the Warriors. Or you look at those two to three top teams. You know, maybe Houston in the West. So you don't see too many. So I want to know if you would consider that. And then who should be the next player to have their jersey retired? If you think there's anybody else out there, maybe Ray Allen. You could throw some names our way. 414-799-1250. Also, a record was broken today in this Bucks game by a current Buck. Talk about that when we come back here on the Pick and Save Postgame Show. We know you can do that. You're listening to the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops Post Game Show. What play had you screaming? Brought to you by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Premium Frozen Products and Craft Pizzas. Bucks once again winners. Also, real quick before we get to the screaming play of the game. A record was set today. Brooke Lopez breaks the NBA record for most threes by a seven-footer in a season, and he was on fire to start that game. Finishes with 14 points, but it looked like for a while there he was going to go off for 30 today. I There's nothing I enjoy more than watching a big dude just shoot bombs like that. Like I grew up in an era where even guards, like if you if you took a long three like that, you know, you'd probably go to the end of the bench. Now, <laughs> like shot selection has changed so much that I just I wish I played hoops today. In 2018, 2019, whereas, well, I'm a little bit older, so I'm not going to mention when I played, but there was, uh, there's no such thing as bad shots anymore. But anyway, it's time now to get to our screaming play of the game. What do we got, Bodie? All right, we got no surprise. This one was a monster dunk. Giannis threw this one down in the second quarter. Great reaction from Paschke. Let's go to that. Great job by Bledsoe. Just trailing that tight. Takes it tough on the ball handler. Oh, my goodness. Giannis just takes two with him. Incredible power. Giannis, another big night. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. 
as we got the uh, Duke UCF game. Duke with a 66-64 lead, now up four in that one as Zion just getting to the rim. But Giannis, 32 minutes today, 11 of 16 from the floor, four of six from the free throw line, 10 boards, seven assists, just misses out on a triple double, four blocks as well, 26 points. Can't really ask Giannis to do much more than that. Middleton plays pretty solid, 33 minutes. One of those kind of typical Chris Middleton games, 7 to 15 from the floor, five boards though, three assists, two steals, plus 11 on the floor and finishes the game with 17 points. Milwaukee, uh, you know, they come out 32-27 leading in that one, and then you kind of explode there in the second half, go into halftime with the lead, and I started to get a little bit nervous that we might see Cleveland make a little bit of run in the second half because halftime was extended a little bit for good reason. Marcus Johnson has his jersey retired, hung up in the rafters. They do that ceremony. They give him the proper time to you know talk to the uh, fans, and we'll hear a little bit of that as well here on the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. But I was worried that maybe you come out a little bit flat in the second half. And in the, in, in the, if I felt like Cleveland was kind of hanging around in that game, you know, throughout the game. They didn't shoot particularly bad, uh, the Cavs didn't. They shot 42% from the floor, 11 of 41 just from deep, though. And you're not going to beat the Bucks unless you have a night where you're just hitting ridiculous shots. Like, I go back to the loss against the Knicks, you know, a couple of the bad losses, the loss against Phoenix. The only time the Bucks are going to lose and kind of, um, you know, put up a game like a stinker is when teams are just hitting ridiculous shots. And that wasn't the case today, but the, but the Cavs did kind of hang in there for a little bit longer than I would like. Guy I know had the... Uh, Spread at 14, so I was a little worried for him. But Bucks do close it out 127-105-414-799-1250. Let us know if you were there. You're leaving the arena. I want to know about the Marcus Johnson ceremony a little bit, what it was like uh, in the arena. Pretty solid um, here on the TV. And we'll have Bart Winkler uh, providing us some audio. He was there as well. So 414-799-1250 is the Bucks Once again, winners over the Cavs. You look at Marcus Johnson I want to go into his career a little bit. A five-time NBA All-Star in 79 through 81. Then he made the team in 83 and 86 as well. All-NBA first team in 1979. Two-time All-NBA second team. An NCAA champion in 1975. He was National College Player of the Year in 77. Pac-8 Player of the Year in 1977. The Pac-8? The Pac-8. It was the Pac-8 actually at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, they should actually probably go back to the Pac-8. It's so damn bad. I mean, outside of Oregon knocking off Wisconsin the other day. You could probably trim some of those teams down. But not the first time Marcus Johnson has had his jersey retired either. Uh, wore number 54 at UCLA, and that's been retired uh, by the Bruins as well. Finished his career averaging 20 a game, seven boards, and three assists. Kind of, you know, he kind of... Uh, Changed the way that the game was played at the forward position a little bit. He was kind of like the first point forward when I go back and I look at those highlights. You know, then you got Scottie Pippen, LeBron James. Kind of what you see now with these swing guys, but he was kind of one of the first to do it. So congratulations to Marcus Johnson. And we'll hear a little bit um, from him as well, his press conference post game. But once again, Bucks 127-105 winners. Let's get to the drive of the game. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Let's get tonight's Wrench and Go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and Go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest-priced auto parts around. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM, The Fan. What do we got here, Bodie, for the Wrench and Drive drive of the game? 
Uh, we go. got something that is, I think, important but underappreciated. A little bit of clock management. Bucks doing a nice job moving the ball all around before your boy Chris Middleton finished the playoff with a bang. That has been a story that we talked about very early in the season. Chris Middleton, eight points. Time management by Coach Budenholzer. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin, 414-799-1250. Still some time to jump on with us as we're talking about this Bucks win over the Cavs. Big day as Marcus Johnson gets his jersey retired at halftime. And I go back and I look at this one, and it's just it's just another example of the Bucks just do not let down. Today is a perfect day. And I know you're coming off a loss to the Cavs, and the Bucks just remain undefeated in these revenge games as well. But still, it's a day where you could have a letdown because it's Sunday. You played Friday night against Miami. You know, you kind of had the weekend to sit back. You're probably sitting around watching the NCAA tourney games at the house. You got to go back out. You got to miss the Duke game, which I know, you know, I'm just trying to watch it. It's 70 all right now with three minutes to go. This is just like multitasking at its finest. But then you play on a Sunday. You know, you show up to the arena. It's kind of a weird start, a weird tip. I don't like these 3.30 p.m. tips. And imagine, you know, you're an NBA player and you kind of have your set schedule because you're playing mostly your games at 7, 7.30 p.m. So you sleep throughout the day, you go to shoot around, you get your nap in, and then you kind of, you're kind of like a vampire, like you're adjusted to the nightlife. But today you get the 3.30 p.m. tip. You get, it's an emotional day because you got Marcus Johnson. That was the coolest thing about watching the broadcast is like he was almost in tears just throughout the whole thing. And I like him because he's a humble guy. You know, you see a lot of these former athletes, especially, you know, all pros and world champs and former all-stars and you know, they pretend to be humble, but you could tell they're really not. You know, like, we love Kobe Bryant. We love Michael Jordan. Remember Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech? He just ripped everybody else. Oh, yeah, my seventh-grade coach <laughs> who didn't give me enough minutes, my JV assistant coach who insulted my shoes. Like, he just went after everybody. But working in Milwaukee in sports talk media, I don't know about you, I have never heard a bad word about Marcus Johnson. Everybody agrees, just one of the nicest guys in the world. You know, they're like, you yeah, exactly, and just, just a really humble guy. And, you know, he almost broke down a couple times, so it was really cool to see. And that was my favorite part of the day. But going back to the Bucks, like, it's a day where you could let down, though. You have that. Your halftime's a little bit extended. You know, like I said, a weird time. It's a Sunday afternoon. You're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, let's be honest, it's tough to watch the Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> let alone step on the court and play these dudes. But there's no let-up because it's a revenge game, and Colin Sexton had a monster night against you the other night. So that's what impresses me about this Bucks team. Once again, no lit-up. 414-799-1250. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Marcus Johnson as he gets his jersey retired today, the ninth buck to do so. Also time to jump in. Who should be the next to have their jersey retired for your Milwaukee Bucks? 414-799-1250. We'll be back here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Marcus, it seems to me this has been a decent deflection game. What defensive play stood out? Here's the Laborers Local 113 defensive play of the game. The Laborers Local 113 Milwaukee. Feel the power at liuna 113org This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screamin' Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Bucks pick up the win. 127-105 over the Cleveland Cavaliers on Marcus Johnson Day. Gets his number eight hung up in the rafters where it belongs. One of the all-time great Milwaukee Bucks. Time now for your defensive play of the game. Bodie, where are we heading? Uh, well, it was kind of tough to pick one individual play, but this was a great one where basically all five bucks on the court just swarmed Tristan Thompson. Jim Paschke, very excited about it. Eddie Osmond gives it back to Tristan Thompson. That's his defense. 
There it is, your defensive play of the game in a game where not a whole lot of them, but Giannis with four blocks tonight. Bucks win 127 105. Let's get out to the phone lines. Let's go to Mike on the south side. Mike, what's going on, man? How's it going? Uh, pretty good. How you doing, dude? Uh, toast uh, Marcus Johnson on his day. Absolutely. And uh, he's talking about numbers retired. Yeah. I kind of came in on the tail. I'm 53. Okay. I came in on the tail end of Marcus, but I've seen him play. Uh, what about Paul Pressey, Ricky Pierce, and Terry Cummings? Yeah, that's the three that I'm getting the most. I like all three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could throw, throw uh, Jack Sickman there, but he wasn't with the team that long. And I'll hang up and listen. Absolutely, and I agree with 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 all, and you know, and, and it's just that's the kind of the thing with the with the jersey retirement and having your number retired is there's just so many players, you know, growing up, and you just kind of it's not only about statistics like what I look at, and it's gonna come off cheesy and kind of corny, but I look at good teammates, what you did in the community, things like that, and I know it you know comes off as corny, but when I think of like the all time greats, is that's what I'm looking for is who was a good teammate, you know, also were you associated with winning. When you have one NBA title, it's not all about winning, but you could go back to the Eastern Conference team. And that's why I struggled to put Ray Allen as an all-time great buck, even though he is. one of the. I mean, he's going to be one of the all-time greats ever to leave the game. He's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. But the problem is is that I just don't see him as a buck. Like I said, I think Supersonics, which even they, you know, I mean, you don't even think about Seattle really anymore. I think about the Miami Heat because that's where he won the title. I love, just just to cut in here, how you're like trying to play it like, I'm a young guy, I don't know too much about Marcus Johnson. You're like, anyways, I think back to Ray Allen's days with the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Our, our poor intern back here is like, who are the Sonics? Right, exactly. Anyway, speaking of Marcus Johnson, he did talk before the game, um, did his little kind of his press conference, and I want to go back and listen to that because there's a lot of good stuff. And Like I said, just a humble guy. Let's listen to Marcus right now from earlier today. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, thank you for, for coming. And uh, I want to thank, first of all, uh, the Bucks organization for uh, retiring my jersey this afternoon. And it's, uh, as I've said over and over again, it's, it's the highest honor that an organization can bestow upon a player. And yet I know it's been 35 years since, uh, since I left here. I did the math earlier today. But uh, for me, this moment is even more special because of that. And um, I, I've really come to embrace this Milwaukee community the second time around, unlike I did the first time around here when you're young and have these dreams and aspirations and don't really have a handle on kind of the lasting and, and eternal things in life. And. Uh, it took a while <laughs> for me to, to come to the realization, but I, I did. And so this second time around has been really special, and I'm just so thrilled. First of all, if this wouldn't have happened, would I have been disappointed? Of course I would. But the fact that I've been a part of this organization, they've treated me with the class and dignity that they've treated me with, the, the, this community, the way they've embraced me. When I came back, I didn't know if, how much people would remember, care, about what we were doing in the late 70s, early 80s. That's such a long time ago. It's almost ancient history to our younger generation now. I mean, these younger kids know me more as Raymond from White Men Can't Jump Robin a Liquor Store than, you know, a five-time All-Star and first-team All-Pro and all that. So, but that's okay. Uh, but, but the people remembered and people appreciated and people were uh, really giving 
in their outpouring of that appreciation. And then when I sat down with Peter Fagan, they told me to make a short comment, <laughs> but, but <laughs> I can't today. Uh, but, but when I sat down with Peter Fagan about a year ago, uh, just to talk about the, 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 the new contract and the new commitment to the Milwaukee Bucks that we were, uh, we had decided to move forward on. And then the first thing he said was like, I'm just cut to the chase before we get started. Your jersey's going up in the rafters next year. And it was just a, a rush of emotion and, and, I like to say my basketball life flashed before my eyes, and it's just uh, it's such a magnanimous gesture that, uh, you know, I, I'm just really appreciative, really, really grateful. And, um, yeah, so I'll open up the floor. Anybody got any questions? Um, I'd be more than happy to try and answer them. You know, with these kind of things, the memories start flooding back to you. Are there one or two memories from your time here in Milwaukee that you keep jumping back to more than others? Yeah, I mean, just those early years, I mean, being a part of a of a team that had come off of a 20-something win season the year before and uh, having a, a coach, a young coach, and Don Nelson is in his first full season as a head coach. And uh, we had great, great talent of players from um, – schools across the country that were just, you know, renowned for, for, for basketball tradition. Uh, Lloyd Walton and Al McGuire Marquette, Junior Bridgman and Denny Crum, Quinn Buckner, Kent Benson from Indiana, Brian from South Carolina, Brian Winters. So it was just such a great young nucleus, Dave Myers, who was uh, my teammate at UCLA. And I don't think people expected a lot from us that first year, but I think that first training camp, I was out in Waukesha yesterday, and uh, Carroll College is out there, and that was where we had our first training camp my rookie year, and Don Nelson kind of challenging me to a game of horse because I wasn't known as an outside shooter, and I beat him that first game. He's like, oh, hell, you can shoot. I mean, a, little, a little bit, you know. Uh, uh, but that was the hardest. We, we went two days for 30 days straight, unlike uh, today where, where they do a better job of understanding the limits of a player's body, but uh, they go maybe a week, you know, maybe even not that long, a lot of teams, but two a days, you know, five days a week, six days a week, you know, 30 days straight and uh, in great shape. And we went out and finished 44 and 38 that year. And I had a great rookie season, runner up rookie of the year, but just that rookie year, that first year. And then uh, the organist uh, and my mind is running a hundred miles. I think Frank Charles, was the organist at that time and when I would do something in midair and, 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 and hang time or, or and, and make an incredible shot or whatever he would play uh, the daring young man on the front flying trapeze and I'd look up look up to him and you know kind of give him a little bit of a nod and you know and, and you know he just he played that and so that was always a special moment but uh, the Mecca and all those things were like really special for me back in those days. Hey Marcus, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, two things uh, related to uh, coming back to Milwaukee, and just first, the, the the Bucks organization and Fox Sports reaching out to you to bring you back here and do the games, uh, and, and and then and you know just your their decision making on that and how they made such a great choice with you, and uh, and just your overall impression of of this organization, this ownership group, and what they've done with uh, you know reviving the franchise and building the new arena. Yeah, uh, I was working for CBS Radio in Los Angeles with Jimmy Zelasco. We were the, 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 the home team. We were the uh, drive time sports show in L.A. We were trying to supplant ESPN as the, the, the number one uh, sports show in L.A. Didn't didn't happen. Um, Dan Patrick is some pretty tough competition. But but so I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning, yeah, three o'clock, four o'clock at, at the studio 
production meeting on the air at 5.30, 5.30 to 9 o'clock. And it was uh, five days a week, and I had to know about, you know, NASCAR and soccer and hockey and blue lines and all that stuff that I had <laughs> very little knowledge about. I had, a, I had a working knowledge, but so it was just days were just filled with just researching and, and, and familiarizing myself with all these different sports, the horse racing and whatever it ha happened to be. And it was interesting. Don't get me wrong. It was really interesting. I love, you know, I love that stuff. I love, I love research. I love learning about new things. But it was a grind, and so, um, but you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a grind, but I enjoyed it. But when the Bucks came along and uh, contacted me about an open position as a color analyst, you know, my initial reaction was like, you know, I haven't been to Milwaukee in over 30 years on a consistent basis. The last time I was there, I believe, was for the uh, 40th year anniversary in 2000. I just don't, you know, the cold and all the winter, uh, you know, I just don't, you know, it's been too long. People don't know anything or remember anything about what we did, and, 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 and I just don't want to do that, you know. And so I said, but I will go out there and meet with uh, some of the people who were uh, executives at Fox Sports and some of the Bucks executives at the time. Jim and I did a did a uh, an audition tape at the Bradley Center. The first thing happened at the Hyatt Hotel. When I checked in there, I went across the street to George Webb's to get something to eat. And the cook behind the counter was like, Marcus Johnson, man, we ain't seen you in 30 years, man. My parents were, were your biggest fans. Can I call them up to come get an autograph? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah, okay. I said, okay, they do remember a little bit. So some parents came down. We talked for a bit. Went over to Bradley, and uh, there were some work, workmen cleaning up the, uh, the, the, the venue. And... Um, Walked in there and they were like, Marcus Johnson, baby, you're coming back home, man. We ain't seen you, but you're coming. What you can go come back home. So my, you know, my initial thought was like, yeah, the Bucks probably planted these guys. <laughs> this is probably, this is a setup. I, no, I didn't, I didn't, I thought that, I thought maybe later, but at that time I was just blown away. And, uh, and, and I walked in there and when they said that, I was like, well, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe. And then Jim and I did our audition deal and we clicked and had a lot of fun and just about a, about a five to seven, maybe 10 minute little audition, uh, monitor watching a, a game that had been played and, and that seemed to be good. And then, um, they offered me the job and it's like, man, it just seemed it just seemed right, and um, so the organization uh, I knew about the the, the ownership group and uh, Wes Eaton's and and and, and Mark Lazary and Jamie Dynan and the young New York you know hedge fund guys and all that and, and met them and great energy and just I mean it was just a really good energy Peter Fagan and and the whole kit and caboodle was just a just a great great uh, great energy and that first season. It was nothing but positive, and 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 the fans, you know, go out to a restaurant, and and, and waiters would like, yes, you signed an autograph for me when I was eight years old. You know, I was getting a lot of that, and I started to realize that the fans here in Milwaukee, you know, we don't expect championships year in and year out. It's great when it happens when you get that 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 Packer team with Brett Favre and Donald Driver. You get the you know the Bucks teams or Kareem or, or the the Brewer teams that that are, that are great right now. But I think the fans here just appreciate kind of just giving a good, honest effort. And that kind of epitomizes the, the work ethic of this city. And it's you're not about flash and dance. Yeah, we like a little bit of that. You can, you can sprinkle a little bit of that in. But, but it's just consistency. It's stability. And that's what it's been about. And this is what this organization has been about. So, so to, to, the long-winded answer is that I've just been really impressed with the way they've gone about things, I mean, just uh, it's just the Midas touch. Everything they've done just seems to really work. This Fiserv form is 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 the the showpiece arena in the league right now. We've got the showpiece player and Giannis and Dedekumpo. We got the showpiece coach and uh, Mike Budenholzer and his staff. I'm just impressed with them and the way they uh, work with the players on a daily basis and get to know them as people inside out instead of outside in. And it's just, I mean, it's, it 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 just. 
I got to pinch myself sometimes because it's just almost too good to be true to be part of this and to see where, the, where it's going right now, the direction it's headed. Who's banged up on the Bucks? Once I felt I could put weight on it, I was like, I had to get back out there. This is the McCormick Law Office Milwaukee Injury Report. McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys. Bucks get the W today, 127-105 over the Cavs. A revenge game. They get their revenge from losing to the Cavs a couple nights back. Injury report, we found out a little bit earlier that uh, Bucks center Pau Gasol expected to miss approximately one month with a left ankle injury. ESPN had that first. And then today, another injury is uh, looks like Tony Snell rolled his ankle, and he's got a left ankle sprain, which seems significant. This is from uh, Matt Velasquez on Twitter. Even though Snell was briefly able to return to the court, seeing Snell's ankle quite swollen, he also just rolled himself into the shower with his chair instead of walking. So there's that, as it looks like maybe um, a sprained left ankle for Tony Snell. And I've done that before, uh, sprained my ankle. And, I mean, if you've played hoops, then you probably have. Where you get concerned is if it's a high ankle sprain because that's one of the more painful injuries. Like, I'm thinking of – yeah, it's not – you know, so significant, like a torn ACL or anything, but a high ankle sprain is brutal. Didn't look to be that, but that happens a lot also because of the mem- the momentum of the game. Um, I've sprained my ankle a couple times, and you don't really realize it because you continue to play once you get up, and you just got all the momentum, but then you go and you sit on the bench, you go to get up, and you're like, oh, no, and that's when you take your shoe off, and that thing's swollen. You know it's over. So maybe Snell will sit out a few nights. Uh, we'll wait and see on that, but it looks like Tony Snell, a left ankle sprain, and Significant enough where he struggled to get in the shower. Uh, that courtesy of Matt Velasquez from the Journal Sentinel, our Bucks insider here. 414-799-1250, still some time to jump on. Man, it's been a crazy day after a weekend of just terrible basketball of March Madness. Today we finally get some good games. Iowa was getting just demolished by 21. They come back and force that game to overtime, although Tennessee walks away with the win. And then Duke almost just went down. Duke won by one point over Central Florida. That game went down to the wire. We were watching that here. Uh, at the studio. But big story of the day, Bucks 127-105 winners over the Cavs. Bucks continue to roll. We're getting close to the playoffs. Bucks the first seed still in the Eastern Conference. And um, I'm starting to get excited for playoff basketball. Days like today, a Sunday 3.30 p.m. tip against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We all love Bucks basketball. Well, let's be honest, man. I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for some games that matter. I want to see some matchups. I want to see the 76ers. I want to see the Raptors. Hell, I'll watch the Heat, the Hornets, anybody. I have had enough of the Cavs for this season. I don't know about you guys. I mean, Kevin Love, pretty solid player. Tristan Thompson, way overpaid. I like Colin Sexton out of Alabama, but that is a tough team to watch. Uh, The question I presented to you today, which former or current Buck should have their jersey retired next? After Marcus Johnson gets his number eight retired, becomes the ninth Buck to get his jersey retired. Uh, Connaughton supporter, Lazy Ninja, he hits me up. He says, Michael Red, uh, with an F-bomb in there, but I'll leave that one alone. Anthony Mason, says Nick Easter, 19. Charlie Villanueva, I don't think that's happening. Uh, we got Ray Allen. We got a lot of Ray Allen, and then we get a couple Michael Reds, an all-star and an Olympian. So Michael Red, who I think – I was a big Michael Red fan, and, and, and I know that maybe he made a little bit more money than you wanted to pay him, and I know maybe the career didn't finish the way that you wanted to, but – I still am a Michael Red guy. I don't know about retiring the jersey, though. So Ray Allen. Uh, then we got a couple people that say don't retire anybody's number. We have too many already up there, which I disagree with. Like, get all the jerseys that you can up there. But pretty soon you don't want to be 
you know, rolling out guys with number 77, 91, you know, like uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman out there. Uh, Big Dog. Ursan looks great in the 77, though. So Big Dog. I'd, I'd be fine with Big Dog. Larry Sanders, that comes from Tavern Sports, which I'm assuming is a joke, although I did love uh, did love Larry Sanders. And then Don Nelson getting some love. I'd be cool with Don Nelson. Was that one Chuck? No, no, Chuck has not chimed in. We'll see what he has to say <laughs> tomorrow from uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. But 414-799-1250, still, some chance, still a chance to jump on with us. It's the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza and Craft Products. When we come back, we'll hear from Bud, wrap this thing up here on The Fan. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit schneiderjobs.com or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Bucks this season, 55-19. and 30-6 at the brand new Pfizer Forum. Once again, winners today, 127-105 over the Cleveland Cavaliers in a revenge game. He gets some revenge with Giannis back on the floor. Bart Winkler, morning show host, just texted me, said he watched the end of the Duke game with Giannis in the locker room, and Giannis refused to talk to media until after the game. <laughs> I'm now even even bigger Giannis fan, if that's possible. And so Duke gets the win, Bucks get the win, good day overall. Let's head over to the podium because the one concern I have after this one, the injury to Tony Snell, the sprained ankle. Let's hear what Bud had to say about that. And I think overall, pretty good effort. Um, and I think the uh, the focus and uh, you know the defense for you know particularly the third quarter, even though our offense was a little bit in mud. Um, and I think we got better in the second half. And um, you know, great great effort by George Hill off the bench. I think that's our best. You know, at least offensively for him. So um, good win. What does it say about your guys that? You know, this late in the season against a team and you know, in the standings like like Cleveland is that they're able to kind of just get up for a game like this and be able to you know not play around with it that much. Yeah, no, I mean, I think probably helps us a little bit. You know, that we just played them. You know, the recency effect. Um, but you know, the focus of our guys and and the effort of our guys for you know a lot of this year has been really impressive and good. So. And I think we need to continue that. Um, it needs to be a priority, um, you know, each day we play. I know you've mentioned before that when George is really going well offensively, that's really when good things can happen with that bench unit. But, you know, how do you try to get him to be keeping aggressive offensively and keep attacking? Because, you know, with Malcolm out, that seems like something that you guys are really going to want. Yeah, it's, you know, just brief but you know pointed you know just conversations with them and the great things we've been around each other for a long time so um and I think you know he's always been at his best when he's aggressive and helps whatever team he plays for uh when he's aggressive so I think it's just it's on me a little bit just to keep reminding him and because you know I think he's such a team guy wants to do the right thing for everybody else and um but it's great you know when he's making threes and you know I think to finish the one quarter just you know, we, I didn't think we f- played that great offensively, but, you know, he hits two or three threes to finish that quarter, just kind of gave us, a, a, you know, I think it stayed a 13-point lead going into the fourth. So, But he needs reminders to be aggressive. Uh, stick with him, I guess. But he, uh, it, when he first came to Milwaukee, it looked like he was just struggling to finish on a lot of plays. He was getting to the right spots, but uh, offensively, George Hill, that is. But did you think that uh, these last two games... 
uh, has been more a result of his body feeling good or maybe it is that, that comfort level for him? I think it's probably both, you know. Um, I think his body's, he, he keeps reporting that he's feeling well and, you know, I would say we're being pretty cautious in, you know, how much we play him and um, I think he'd like to play more, but uh, I think it always starts with his body feeling better. And then I think, you know, there's probably a natural sense, you know, with Malcolm being injured, got a few other things that, you know, he's probably feels like he's, you know, despite encouragement from me on a regular basis that, you know, he probably sees it himself. Now he's got to maybe be a little more aggressive. I know we always talk about Brook and his threes, but it looks like you guys have been trying to use him in pick and roll a little bit more, get him some good looks close to the basket as well. What has that been like, trying to kind of tune that in the right way where he's getting some of that balance of obviously the threes, but also close? Yeah, and, and really in pick and rolls all year, we've been, you know, just kind of this constant, again, just kind of encouragement slash yelling at him um, to to roll in the pick and rolls. and to get him to come in more random pick and rolls. And so that's really not new. I think maybe us finding him more and maybe they're being more aggressive on our ball handlers, which, you know, frees up the screen or some. Um, and then we have gone to him a little bit more just in some more traditional type post looks and duck ins and things like that. And, um, you know, he's, he's a talented guy. And I think it's just taken me some time in the group to figure out, you know, how we can use everybody. We saw Tony go down there. Obviously, he was able to come back and play and, and continue on it. But then in the fourth quarter, he was... Uh, off the bench, I didn't see him on the bench. Uh, just, you know, what's the latest with him, I guess? Yeah, um, you know, I think we'll know more um, tonight, see how he responds. But uh, I think he sprained it pretty good. So um, the fact that he was able to play a little bit more impressive. But I think, you know, he's a tough kid. And I think, um, you know, like I said, we'll know more tomorrow. That was Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer following the Bucks 127-105 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Bucks just continue to roll, take care of business, stay relatively healthy as we heard it there with Tony Snell. Hopefully nothing too serious uh, with the uh, sprained ankle. Let's get back out to the phone lines. Still a couple minutes left in the program. Let's go out to Racine, talk to Dan. Dan, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I just uh, got off of work, heard the good news, um, except for the injuries, of course, and my heart What's up? Uh, at work, can they still can they still get guys? Is there trades? Or can we still do any of that stuff, or is, or is that done? No, you wouldn't be able to trade. You can't really pick anybody up at this point. Kind of the roster is going to be going to be the roster. So you know you're banged up in a couple different areas. Like Paul Gasol is going to miss the next month. He's not really giving you much, regardless. Right now, this, the injury to Snell. You know, I think that just creates more minutes maybe for Sterling Brown, who. Looks like he's finally healthy. He had that uh, wrist injury for like 11 games. You know, he was out. But I think it's just going to be more run for those guys. And hopefully get Brogdon back. Yeah, it's looking like, you know, the timetable says hopefully by the second round. Then you worry. What worries me a little bit about the Brogdon injury is just then you get him back for the second round. You know, an injury like that with the plantar fasciitis, it's just like anything with the feet. I worry about rust a little bit, getting him back. You know, and um, getting him on the floor for 25 to 26 minutes those first couple nights just to get himself back into almost like playing shape. I mean, you kind of work out, but with a foot injury, there's not a whole lot you could do on the floor. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Dan, real quick, who should be the next buck to get his jersey retired, in your opinion? You know what? I was thinking Sigma, but I got to go Bob Lanier, man. All right, all right. Yeah, those are two of the names that keep coming up. Thanks for the phone call, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks a lot, Dan. You too, man. Once again, Bucks winners today, 127-105. Time now to get our Chili's MVB in the game. Hey, Bucks fans, let's get tonight's Chili's MVB. Be the first to know this standout player tomorrow morning at 835 during Chuck and Winkler to win free food from Chili's. Chili's is back, baby. 
back. Bucks get the dub, 127-105 over the Cavs. Time now for your Chili's MVB, and we go with Milwaukee Buck great Marcus Johnson, who has his number eight jersey retired and raised to the rafters of the Pfizer Forum. First player to have this ceremony at the Pfizer Forum. Johnson played in 524 career games with the Bucks from 1977 to 1984. Ranks among the franchise's all-time leaders in nearly every statistical category. Ninth player in Bucks history to have his number retired. Marcus Johnson, your Chili's MVB. One more order of business before we get out of here, Evan. I'm sorry. I am so used Evan to working with Evan Heffelfinger, who does just a great job, our oh. intern, that I'm so sorry, Bodie. He's the best. No, I, I wish I could be Heffels. Like, he's president of the DJ Wilson fan club, great intern. Shout out to Evan. This is the first, actually, show that I've done without Evan, so I apologize for that. But uh, last order of business, next up for the Bucks, time for Eye on the Enemy. And uh, up next, we got the Houston Rockets coming into town Tuesday night. That's a 7 p.m. tip. You can catch that game on TNT, so a national broadcast, and we get the matchup of the two favorites for MVP. We got Giannis versus James Harden, although I would go Paul George over James Harden, but the numbers that Harden's putting up, he's going to be probably number two on that list. So we get a national matchup between the two MVPs, MVP candidates. Before we go, let's get out to the north side talk to Patrick. Patrick, what's up, man? How's your Sunday going? Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Pat? What's going on, bro? Bucks fan just rolling in my tow truck. Uh, I've been a lifelong Bucks fan. I was happy to see Marcus Johnson get his jersey retired. I think Paul Pierce should be not Paul Pierce. Paul Presley should be the next retiree. And I'm loving the Bucks, loving everything they got going on. Giannis is the man. Giannis is the MVP. Absolutely, man. You excited for Tuesday night? And and. What are your thoughts on James Harden in, in this race? Like, as a basketball fan, when you watch those ISO, that ISO ball and those step-back threes, do you enjoy watching James Harden as a basketball fan? I like James Harden. He's okay. He's no Giannis. He's only offense, all offense. Giannis gives you offense, defense. He gives you everything, the whole, the whole shebang. Absolutely. Giannis will turn the ball over on one end and run down and block the shot on the other end. You'll never see James Harden do anything like that. That's a great point right there. Giannis, four blocks again today on the defensive end. Thanks a lot for the call, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, have a good one. 414-799-1250. Looks like we're actually going to be jumping on out of here. Once again, the Bucks 127-105 winners tonight over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs, 19 wins this season. But the Bucks 55-19 and on the season. They're 30-6 and away from the Pfizer Forum. Speaking of the Pfizer Forum, next time you're there, Look up at the Raptors, and you'll see that number eight jersey hanging there. Marcus Johnson, the ninth buck to have his jersey retired. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'll have to think about this and get to guys tomorrow morning and who I want to see get their jersey retired next. A lot of great uh, insight today, though. Bodie, thanks for sticking around today. Still a big night of college hoops. A couple good games. Texas Tech right now over Buffalo, 61-33. That's not one of them. we got a blowout. But Virginia, Oklahoma coming up. We'll recap all that with you guys. And this Bucks win tomorrow on Chuck and Winkler from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Bill Michaels from 10 to 2. Then the Wendy's Big Show, 2 to 6. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Once again, one last time, Bucks 127, Cavs 105. Thanks for tuning in to the Milwaukee Pick and Save postgame show presented by Palermo Scream and Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Enjoy your Sunday, Milwaukee. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.